welcome to the Edition Podcast. I'm your host, Charlotte Henry. Normally, I try and bring a bit of positivity, a bit of levity to the show, but I keep reading financial and economic news, so not, not much of that. But um, much of the attention uh, in when it comes to finances in the economy focuses on important personal and household finance issues, and rightly so. But I wanted to explore what an economic downturn means for the media industry. Even better, we're going to discuss the ways not just to survive, but thrive. It's going to be fine. And I couldn't have a better guest to help me with all of this. He survived more media pivots and apocalypses than I ever dare mention while he's on screen with me. Brian Morrissey, thanks for coming back (laughs) to the Edition podcast. Uh, Thank you for having me, Charlotte. I must (laughs) say, like, you you, you invited me for the negativity episode. Like... Listen, we had a nice positive. positive. Listen, we had a nice positive one when you were first here. Okay, good. Well. Um, we we no, we're going to be positive. We're going to talk about the practical things. As I say, we wouldn't dare mention the amount of various pivots and apocalypses and crises you've had to endure in your media career. Oh but my they God. give you. A, well, there we go. Brian's now hyperventilating. I can tell. You. <laughs> but um, you know, you've seen how you've come out yeah. the other side. You've seen how it works. So let's get into it. You, of yeah. course, were the editor at DigiDay. Yeah. Uh, you now run the rebooting, which is a podcast and subject which I really personally love. I listen to the show the whole time. I always read your you. uh, newsletter when it arrives, so people should check that out as well. Um, but it it occurs to me that you know we've gone through all these things lots of different times. Two thousand and eight, even further back, the kind of dot com boom and bust years, so on and so forth. There's uh, but we seem to be, as an industry, the media seems to be responding to what's going on now in a different way. Do you, Does that seem right to you, or do you kind of seen this play before? Well, I think it's, um, you know, compared to, I, I this is, I guess, my third, because like I, I started working at the end of the dot-com um, boom, um, I guess, bust, and then dealt with the financial crisis and and now whatever this is. And I think this is just qualitatively different, right? Like the, the dot-com implosion happened um, in a very small part of like the economy, really. Um, it was very sort of apocalyptic for those of us who were, you know, I was writing for a magazine that was focused on internet businesses. So like those were all going away. And so like, uh-huh. eventually, my, yeah, eventually my job went away. I used to joke that the last layoff story I would write was my own. Um, They just actually didn't let me write the story, but I did get laid off. Um, And then the financial crisis, um, obviously it was, it was different because it was, it was a financial meltdown. Um, And I don't think those dynamics are at play right now because it's a weird economic moment. I mean, we haven't had inflation um, pretty much since I was a kid. Um, And, uh, you know, you're only 25, so yeah, that's true. Um, I do. I remember. I do remember bits and pieces of of the of, of the inflation like era. Um, my mom claims I was in the back seat of the station wagon, waiting for gas <laughs> somewhere for hours, but I don't remember that. Uh, she claims I was there. Um, but I think this is like different in that like there's a lot of conflicting signals out there, right? So like you you'll you'll open up and you'll, you'll hear about like, obviously the supply chain disruptions and the, and the energy costs going through the roof, particularly in Europe and a little less. So here, um, gas prices are coming down here and, and, um, you know, inflation is the big thing because like when, what you see and what you hear is that it's still a fairly robust real economy out there. And, 
you know, advertising is the first thing to get get cut. What the problem is right now is uncertainty. Anytime there is uncertainty, people just put things off yeah. and they say, well, we want to see how things shake out. And so I think what we're seeing right now, and, and you saw this a little bit in some of the results, is you're seeing a lot of things get put off, things that were supposed to happen in Q3. Well, let's talk about it in Q4 and things that you know were in Q4 are getting pushed off to the new year. So that's definitely going to have an impact on, on, on near-term results. I think the open question is going to be, is this going to be like a recession that is going to take hold throughout all of 2023 and, and, and 2024? And it's going to be different based you know, I think in markets, like I think the U.S. is is better positioned because we don't we have, you know, this market has less exposure to um, to um, you know the immediate impacts of of uh, the war in Ukraine. Yeah, which is a huge factor at play, and obviously, and then as you you, you mentioned, reset uh, inflation quite a lot, which is obviously important, and that to me seems one of the things that will directly affect people obviously affects people directly in their pockets and will be the type of thing where people go okay the things that really i need are a bit more important are a bit more expensive and very important and therefore i'm going to cut my subscription to xyz which was a bit of a luxury yeah i mean look we saw that um to some degree with netflix netflix was mm-hmm. you know the, the shot across the bow so to speak that the 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 good, the good days were ending for the streaming uh, services. And you'll end up seeing, I would assume, a, a lot of that filter down to um, to publishers, basically. Um, haven't, like, totally seen that yet. The advertising market is still fairly robust from what people are, are telling me and what I see in, in, in results, not, not uniformly. Um, you know, typically in downturns, Advertising is the is one of the first levers that um, companies pull in order to control costs. I know that every single downturn in in at least in my memory, there's always people writing articles about why people why brands should not cut advertising and, yes. and CFOs. I don't know if they don't read those articles, but they they don't pay attention to them. Like advertising always gets cut, and that's the reason it's easy to turn on and off. It's a variable cost, and you know you can. You can turn it on and off, um, and maybe and so doesn't, that, and it's less painful than firing people. Yeah, look, we've seen like the 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 problems of of that, right? Like when when COVID hit and that dislocation happened, you know, a lot of companies did not have could not control their costs with just variable costs alone, and so they had to make um, in some cases some fairly deep cuts to their workforces. And guess what? Then all of a sudden the people were like, yeah, I'm not coming back. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that's, you know, the last thing you want to do is 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 cut into, um, particularly when you're in a media company, is to cut into your staff. Um, and, and if you do cut into the staff, like let's let's be real, a lot of a lot of the layoffs happening right right now to some degree are people using the cover of a downturn in order to do some trimming and right sizing of their organizations. I am like using terrible corporate jargon. No, but, but I think I think I know what you mean. And the example, maybe this is not who you were thinking of, but we obviously saw the CNN plus immediately disappear was given yeah. and that was before these kind of financial circumstances yeah. escalated we're seeing the stuff going 
uh, with kind of Warner Brothers Discovery and HBO Max kind of. Yeah. That li- although although some- there is some like real structural differences and yeah. stuff like that, because, you know, and this is part I'm actually writing about this financialization today. Like mm-hmm. a lot of these companies like have been so financialized that, um, you know, we went through a very strange period in which debt was almost free, right? And interest rates were zero. In some markets, they were negative. Like you had to pay in order to, to keep money in a bank, I think, in like Sweden. Um, but, you know, the financial engineers that ended up running a lot of these, these big media companies, you know, they, they brilliantly saw like, you know, free money to be had. And like, you look at Warner Brothers Discovery, they got $50 billion in debt. Okay. $50 billion in debt is um, is a lot of money. It's a lot when, when, but you know, and it's, it's a problem, but not when interest rates are like, you know, 1% or like 0.3% with interest rates going up to like 5%. That debt is a major, major problem. Your debt service payments are, are through the roof. So I think what you're seeing at, at these companies is, and I think it's like, there's a broad lesson in you make mistakes in the good times and you don't real, you don't recognize the mistakes or have to pay for them until uh, the bad times, you know? So if you haven't been running a disciplined business and it's easy to not run a disciplined business during good times, it covers up, it covers up your inefficiencies. Um, you know, the bill's going to come due, um, and it always does in downturns. Um, and, you know, I think Warner Brothers is a good good example of that with, with you know, how they use debt to such a degree. Yeah. Well, let's look at the other end of the scale of the industry, the kind of, you know, the kind of thing you and I are doing, the kind of yeah. small startup, the, subs, the world of Substack, the individual You mean podcasting. the inspiring part of the industry. Well, exactly. That's what I want. I wanted to get onto the inspired part. What do you see? Uh, uh, is that you know? I'm assuming you do not have fifty billions worth of debt, right? No, you know, I don't. So uh, it gives us, in some ways, the dexterity, flexibility to move around in a difficult yeah. market environment, doesn't Look, it? If you're a smaller scale. Yeah, I mean the best the best lever you have in a downturn is a low cost base, right? I mean, it's the best. That's why I remember when COVID like hit, like I encouraged particularly our our, uh, our more junior staffers to move somewhere cheaper. I'm um, like, you can control your cost base. Like a lot of people have families in New York and can't control their cost bases. Like we don't have an office. We're not coming back to an office in any time soon. And you can move somewhere, you know, you've wanted to live that, uh, that you can control your costs. So I think for the sort of solo people or just, you know, smaller, you know, the big advantage is being able to control um, the costs. And um, there are a lot of mouths to feed at more institutional publishers. And that gives you less flexibility because again, like you don't want to cut people and stuff like this. You, it's bad for morale. It's, it's, it ends up being expensive in the short term with, with severance payments and whatnot. Um, but Look, if there's not if there's not a ton of demand, and right now there's a lot of demand in the market still, 
um, you know, you have to be able to, to cut back on, on costs and it's just, you have a tremendous advantage with a lower cost base. Now I will say like there, I'm waiting for the third article to drop because I'm, you know, Peter Kafka uh, at Vox wrote like the newsletter boom is ending. And then Steven Perlberg at Insider wrote, and it looks like this newsletter boom is ending. So I'm just waiting for a third for that to become like an official trend. Um, right. Well, I know what I'm going to write this week just to like, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Get just, on to, on. Just, just to disturb you. No, but I think whether it's a newsletter, whether it's a YouTube channel, whether it's a combination of all of those things, you're making a podcast, you're running a small scale website, yeah. the the kind of having flexibility in the products you're producing, the media products you're producing and what you're offering and the ability to adapt that quickly surely must be an advantage yeah. if people are worrying about their costs. Yeah, I mean, it's always an advantage. I mean, I think the... You know, the challenge, everything works like, you know, it's double-edged sword, right? So like, you know, usually when you're smaller, particularly you're newer, you're sort of like in like this kind of experimental budget and stuff like this. And those are the first to get cut, right? Like you don't have a, you don't have a track record because you haven't been around enough. Um, you know, once you've established yourself, like, you know, you're going to get your share every year. It's going to be plus or minus, you know, 10%, but like, you know, you can, you know, you're, you're, you're talking and, about in terms of what advertisers will spend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. advertising, you know, I mean, like, look, it helps like having a subscription because like that's more resilient in, in a downturn because, you know, people typically um, buy subscriptions on an annual basis, most common. Um, so you have some reassurance there. Um, but for sure, you know, there, there's risk that you'll end up getting cut off because like, you know, people will just stick with existing partners. It's regular that, you know, oh, we're not bringing on new partners and stuff like this. I see a lot of talk about that on like seller crowd and stuff. Um, so yeah, I mean, to me, it's just like, you end up having to just like work harder um, at the end of the day. And I don't think downturns have to be bad to some degree. I know, like, I think we, we, I think we went back and forth on this one time. On yeah, well, yeah, you can use it as a moment for creativity. And I actually want to kind of jump back in and discuss that. But first, I want to thank the sponsor for today's show, Business Capital Providers. Could your business use additional cash flow to help it grow or just get through a temporary rough spot? If so, our friends at Business Capital Providers may be just the help you are looking for. They specialise in funding small and medium-sized businesses quickly without lengthy paperwork or strict collateral requirements. Go to bcproviders.com slash addition to find out how you can get funded for as much as $250,000 in as little as 72 hours. You must have been in business for one year and produced revenue of at least $25,000, but the process is quick and easy. A one-page application requiring six months of bank statements. Business capital providers give fast results with no collateral required. When banks say no, business capital providers say yes. Visit bcproviders.com slash addition to find out more. Thank you to them for sponsoring the show. And I'm back with Brian Morrissey, the former host. Of, well, I thought he was a host on loads of events. He was the editor-in-chief. He's the big boss at Digiday, now runs the rebooting which is a it's a great Substack and podcast and all sorts of exciting things going on there. Um, I so also hosted I hosted the Digi, uh, the Digiday um, game show that we held every like Sorry, holiday what? party. The Digiday game show. I mean, is there show. video 
There's there video, video somewhere of the game show. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm as soon as I've stopped recording this show, I know what I'm going to be doing because <laughs> Brian Brian Morris, who's game show host, is something I very much yeah. need to see. Um, maybe that's the net. You know, maybe that will be the future of media: becoming a game show host. Maybe that is a recession-proof, you know, media output. Maybe that's what you should be doing. Brian. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're like at least here they're bringing back old game shows. They're like re- yeah, rebooting, yeah. if you will. Oh, there's going to be there. Um, I think I think I read that Gladiators. Did you ever get that in America? That's coming back as well here. Oh yeah, I love that. As a I think that's I think that's coming back here. That's great. Yeah, well, there you go. But um, let's let's what talking about we were sort of hinting at this idea that actually, in a downturn, you can be creative. You can use it as an opportunity for rebuilding and so on. What have you seen in your career? Good examples of that. Well, I mean the. You know, the, the, the typical thing is like, you know, a, a downturn or a recession, whatever we're calling it, um, I don't even know if it's existing, um, is uh, it's a great time to start a business um, and to build. Usually, you know, there might be less capital in the market, but, um, you know, the biggest challenge, I think, for most businesses these days is... Um, is finding like super talented people. And, you know, that it it was hard going into COVID. I remember like hiring and I can't imagine now, like, and it's just, it's become extremely difficult. Um, and so that helps, right. You know, it helps to have, um, a, a slightly tighter labor market will end up helping to, to, um, have available talent out there. Um, now there's two ways to go. Some people like borrow. I remember during, during a, like a recession and some people use it like to do new stuff. I, I find like people go in two directions, like, and the borrowers is like, okay, let me just keep my head down and some like yeah. solid jobs, just like, you know, get paid. And then when like things are then again, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, pop my head back the, up. I mean, I did that. I hid in my cubicle all through the great financial crisis. And then you re emerging kind of 2012 or something. Yeah, that's when that's when I left to 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 join Digiday when it was start, when it was finally sort of um, normalizing a little bit. But I think the other thing is is also interesting with with the area, particularly that 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 we're in is, and that I'm thinking about is, you know, when the financial crisis happened, there was an ongoing secular shift that was going on between analog to digital, right, mm-hmm. and that shift was 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 so big that even with the financial crisis like it just slowed down the rate of growth right but that shift has mostly taken place like there's no mary meeker slide that shows the gap between time spent and budget spent and so those things those lines have have, have met and so without that secular shift i think that there will be a little bit more pressure placed on on this particular industry that like you know is is my yeah yeah, yeah. you can't just go we're gonna stop printing the thing and put it all online and save some money and ride this out well you were already you already had wind behind your back yeah. right like and and i think that's the, the the issue that the technology industry overall is is going uh through you know when the financial crisis like happened it was it was happening at like a pivotal time for for tech in that they were they were making the move to mobile and then cloud and those were like massive game changers for their businesses um 
and there isn't that obvious thing. I mean, that's why they're trying to make the the metaverse and Web three stuff happen. Is there's no obvious. Stop big trying to make the metaverse shift. happen. That's a different show. <laughs> it's a different episode. I will do that episode at some point. <laughs> um. So I don't know. You know that that'll make it an interesting dynamic yeah. because there isn't that like wind uh, behind the back. Yeah, another thought that occurs to me, and I want to caveat this with I'm kind of talking in the middle of it all. And I know the situation in the countries we're in, never mind, you know, the various states in the US will be different. And this these type of things will play out differently depending on where you are. A lot of the talk here is about kind of the cost of energy bills and how severe that's going to be as we go to October and then January. Um, and yeah. what that will do to people's disposable income. But I uh, I'm thinking for the kind of people that are, you know, are just about able to keep the show on the road in terms of paying for heating and food and general lifestyle stuff, you know, their general life basics, but maybe want to cut back on, you know, going out and eating out and, you know, some of those kind of personal costs and savings. Actually, maybe one of the comforts you would maintain is some of the media subscriptions that you have. Yeah, I mean, I I, well, I mean, so. I know we, we we saw it in COVID that you know people were like, well, I'm not going to a restaurant, I'm not traveling, I'm going to buy all the subscriptions and watch all the streaming, and they again that that particular yeah. you know turkey has come home to roost a bit for some of those companies, but I I wonder if there will be an element where people who can afford to keep some of that stuff on will actually it will be a thing that they use as an entertainment form having given up other stuff yeah i mean i think that's like it's also going to be really market specific right like i mean mm. i think the the economic crunch like that like the uk is facing is is just it's different than than i think what we're facing in the united states because just again the the energy cost thing is just just totally different than yep. than what we're dealing here we're here it's all about gas prices gas prices gas prices because um typically people here drive a lot more and they have less fuel efficient cars yeah by gas um, prices you, you mean in america's so petrol as in what yeah, yeah, literally sorry, filling petrol. up your car yeah yeah um and you know now they're like you know they're under four dollars a gallon which is like you know it's not that that high um and we don't have the so i think on top of that like the u.s has like far higher propensity to pay for for news than like a market like the uk mm. um all research I've seen and just like, you know, knowing. Um, so I think there's going to be like less pressure on that. Um, also because just like subscriptions are, you know, they're, they're not big game changers for most, for most people when you're looking to like cut costs and like when we're not seeing like, I mean, I'm, I'm, Americans are very strange, obviously on across the board, but like, they're, Listen, they're you said it, not me. I, I, you know. I understand. I get it. I, I know. I know the audience. Uh, I'll admit that we're strange people, um, but you know that makes us unique and lovable, sort of. Um, sometimes. Sometimes, yes. Less with the Trump thing, but the, you know, I, I just think that. Uh, you know, the, in the U S consumer is a little different and that like, you know, the, the, the spend, spend, spend thing is, is real. Um, and if you, you know, anyone who, you know, like I'm in, I'm in New York city and, and um, you know, the prices of things are 
insane. And like, it's August and, and I can't walk out like the door here without like spending like a hundred dollars. Like, it's like crazy. Um, it's like an egg and cheese sandwich is, is like 18 bucks. I'm like, what is this? This should be like four, but places are heaving. Like they're heaving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, and like, you know, the, the, when you travel, it's like insane. Everyone is like still traveling. I don't know how much that is COVID. It is not the stimulus checks and all that stuff. I don't, I'm not an economist, but like that stuff, that's crazy to me. Like, I just think people socked away a lot of money during COVID from, you know, asset prices were, were super high and, I think there's still more spending to be done. I think it's different, again, in the U.S. than than like than the U.K. and a, and a lot of European markets because of one, the economy is just so much more massive here, and like and and two, we don't have we don't have those that that energy crunch that 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 these markets have. Um, and. So I, it sounds to me that you, if you were kind of sitting down with various media companies and, you know, trying to advise them what to do to mitigate the next few months, you know, six months, 12 months, one of the things you would be telling them sounds to me like be very market specific in the actions you take. Yeah, um, for sure. And second of all, you would be writing one of those articles of don't cut back your advertising. I'm looking forward to your piece on that. No, I wouldn't be writing one of those, but I would say this, like, I mean, you have to like be nimble with your products. Right. And like, you know, typically it's not like a safe haven, but, um, you know, the kinds of marketing that are directly tied to sales, um, almost always fare better in a downturn than the kind of like quote unquote brand or, you know, B2B thought leader kind of content, like nice to haves get cut, must haves do not get cut. If you can position your services that, that you're providing as a cost of sales rather than a marketing expense, then it becomes like a revenue generator, right? Like, I mean, I'll give you an example, like at, at Digiday, a, a large part of the business was putting an in-market buyer in front of a seller. Um, a seller of technology services. And the advantage of that um, was that it became like a cost of sales, right? Like it just became a sign off that, that people did every year because their sales team, every sales team needs leads. Um, And being able to have qualify a qualified buyer that you're putting in front of a sales team is just, it's always going to be valuable and mm. arguably even more valuable in a downturn. And, but yeah, providing essential information as opposed to kind of ephemera. And where do you see, I've heard you talk before about this kind of idea of the rebundling. Everyone yeah. unbundled stuff and wanted, you know, personalized specific content from individuals they felt, or, you know, small groups of individuals they felt they had a connection with. Um, do you think that dynamic changes a bit as the economics change, as people's finances change? I mean, I think it accelerates it, right? Um, so you're still confident in your rebundling? I'm still confident. I didn't put a time frame on it. That's the key. Clever, you, clever. Yeah, you can make any prediction that you want. You just cannot put a time frame on it. Um, and you just keep playing it out. And eventually oh. it'll happen. 
or it I'm doesn't not, happen or you'll just die and then like nobody's gonna hold but, it against you <laughs> but because you never put a time frame on it <laughs> but like no i think like you know in generally like bundles are a little bit like democracy in that like you know it's like the the best of a lot of bad alternatives you know <laughs> like um uh wasn't that was that churchill yeah i, don't know. I, I believe he, so um you know he's noted american um and you know, I think that it'll accelerate it in, in that, like, inevitably, you know, people will want um, the, the ease of, of bundles. We're seeing that in streaming, right? Like, in streaming, um, it all, like, you know, unbundled and stuff like this. And then, you know, pretty soon people were, were wanting, like, the cable bundle back again because you don't know where a show is and you're ended up paying more money because... Um, you know, everything has been like, uh, uh, has been portioned off into a different service and that's going to happen. I think we're starting to see that with, um, you know, some of the Substack stuff, like, you know, we're going to see collectives of people and, you know, whether it's a collective or a company or something like this, it's just efficient for consumers and having like individual subscriptions is like, it's really rough because it like adds up. It's like, I don't know. Are you into tapas restaurants? I used to like tapas restaurants. And then I realized that this is mostly at least as executed in, in the United States, a complete scam in order to serve small portions and overcharge. You can never go to a top. If you go to a tapas restaurant, at least in the U S compared to like a regular restaurant that serves just the main and sides and stuff like this, you're paying like 20% more because like you got to get like 19 dishes Listen, it's never been a problem for the Spanish. I know, but like what happens is like, you know, the uber capitalists of the United States, they see what's happening and they're like, oh, we can financialize this. This is a great opportunity for margin. (laughs) The Spaniards, when they came up with the tapas, were were not thinking at all about margin. In this is like each individual service a sub, uh, a tapas dish or is it like a, each sub stack is a tapas dish what are we talking about here yeah like each each sub stack is like a tapas dish right and like you know it, and it seems like a great idea right it's like oh you get to try lots of different dishes that's what is always you know the sort of lore of of the tapas restaurant but we start to realize is like when you're like taking a meal and unbundling it into like it's specific I think little parts. Mi- I think you've misunderstood tapas, if I'm honest. I think this sounds like <laughs> another thing that has gone wrong having crossed the Atlantic. Well, explain it. Explain it. I've, yeah. I've been to tapas restaurants uh, all over the world. But I, I <laughs> but I think your point about rebundling is a serious, is a genuine one. You know, I noticed straight away Paramount Plus launched in the UK and almost immediately has been bundled into Sky Cinema. Yeah. You know, for no extra cost just if you have a if you pay for sky cinema pretty old-fashioned cable bundle you get paramount plus built in there peacock did a similar thing and you know there's been hbm max shows and deals with sky atlantic like this stuff has happened already isn't it and i'm assuming we'll see more of this just because people the the suppliers the people making the content need those deals don't they yeah, I mean, I think so. And it's also, but more importantly, like, um, people prefer bundles for the most part. Like, you know, people didn't like the This pricing. is not what we've been told for years. 
people didn't like the pricing of yeah. uh, of the bundle maybe but like it's just easier to have a bundle i i like it just is there's a reason the bundles like have always existed in media and mm-hmm. you know if you honestly if, if you're being like I think about it like, you know, with like the New York Times, something like this. It's a great deal. It's a great deal. It's a bundle of a bunch of bunch of writers and reporters and stuff like this. It's amazing. You know, if you're going to try to recreate that, like through Substacks, first of all, you're not going to get original reporting. And it's going to end up costing you more money. Um, so I, I'm like... I guess I sort of end up going back and forth and being sort of in between. Like, I think like, I think it's really, it's great that people can like go out and like create their own thing and, and do subscriptions. And I think that's really rewarding. And I think it's wonderful that that market is opened at the same time. Like the, you know, the realist in me is like, you know, there's a ceiling to this and it's always going to be a very niche um, uh, thing to some degree. Well, hopefully the original reporting that I do over at the edition is enough to make you sign up or subscribe. Please do head over to the edition. That's awd.substack.com. Brian, tell people where they can keep up with all your fantastic work. Uh, just go to the, the rebooting.substack.com um, and you will find my newsletter and podcast too. Brian and I off air will discuss a bundle that you can have so you can have access to both of them. Um, thank you so much for joining me, Brian. It is great to to be talk all these issues through with you i don't know if this counts as like a podcast a therapy session a consultancy i don't know but it works and i hope listeners found it useful um if you're listening to this show right now you obviously know where to find a podcast if you're listening to it on substack you can also get it in apple Podcasts, spotify wherever else you normally listen to shows so just search for the edition or the edition charlotte henry and it will come up there as well thank you so much for listening And I'll see you all next week.